It's September 12th, 2017, and this is Insight Out, The Naked Truth. And we're broadcasting from the Santa Cruz Mountains, from Lupin Lodge, where clothing is optional. But the truth is always naked. I'm Errol Strider. And I'm Rochelle Alicia Strider. And we welcome you to our home at Lupin Lodge. We invited you over tonight for some conversation about the human condition with all its eccentricities and what to make of it. Sprinkled with laughter, good music, and the many voices of Errol Strider. Oh, sure, and this is Father O'Malley here, and I'll be talking a little bit about the subject because it's something I'm uh, getting familiar with. Well, that's great, Father. I'm uh, I'm delighted that you're going to be here. Uh, we all seem to be uh, What a delicious evening I'm looking forward to. Well, thanks. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited, and I hope your other cohorts are here, too. Anyway, <laughs> our show is sponsored by Go Raw. Did we tell you? Go Raw, nutritious and delicious and natural raw food. food. Raw food. Well, hence the name, Go Raw, <laughs> <laughs> which you can get at Safeway and Trader Joe's. And where else can you get it, Rochelle? Well, Costco, to name a few. I mean, you can just go to GoRaw.com to find out where you can purchase it in your neighborhood. There you go. Dot com. Dot com has become one of the most favorite little syllables in the whole English language. Maybe we should do a program on dot com. Dot com. But <laughs> it's not tonight's program. <laughs> to kind of set this up, I'm imagining someone who's been denying the human influence on climate change. And after the onslaught of these two past hurricanes, saying to Mother Nature, well, if you put it that way. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Now, while we may not be sure that there is a direct correlation between these two major events and the effect of climate change still. So we've chosen... If you put it that way, is our featured phrase of the week. Now, here's one uh, interpretation of the meaning of the phrase. A phrase meant to represent one's humble acceptance of the fact that he or she was wrong all along. After it being made completely obvious by the other perspective. Some possible examples. If you continue eating fattening foods... You're going to get fat. Well, well, if you put it that way. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) If you spend more money than you make and don't take a bath, you'll be filthy poor. (laughs) Well. If you put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now, and if you don't listen in closely to our show tonight, you're going to miss out on some distinctive insights, absurd notions, zany characters, and hopefully setups for punchlines that end with the joke. If you put it that way. So, here we go. If If you you put it that way. (laughs) Well, what way? I mean, we are such complex beings. There is no way we can all put it the same way. We are more like a tapestry of many colors, as Carol King so wisely wrote and sang. So, anyway, is that way for someone. It is only the belief that the way we see it is the only way it can be put that gets us into trouble. Put it your way, I'll put it my way, and we'll have more than one way. Only more ways to travel the road that leads to wherever. Well, if I put it that way, who knows? I'm trying to get a sense of there's wherever, uh-huh. and who knows. And they're like companions moving along the road of life. And all along... Who knows is saying to whatever, and whatever is saying to who knows, and they never know where they're headed, but they always get there just in time. Well, if you put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) If you put it that way. But since I'm not going to put it that way, I'm going to actually, I did put it that way, but I'm going to ask Professor Schnitzel to jump in here right away. He's just biting at the bit. Yeah, biting, biting away. The bit is getting uh, almost so that I can't use it and put it in my mouth anymore because the bit is getting so bitten up. But it's a little bit, and tonight we have bits, and we have comic bits, and we have bits of advice and bits of insights. But if you put it that way, 
then we won't know which way we're going to go until we get that way. And then that means you have to have been in the prior sentences on the paragraphs that are leading up that they say things. What did it say that you are wrong about saying? Like, if you wage war, many people will die. Oh, if you put it that way. Ah, yeah, but see, we don't wait around for that. But I would like to suggest, and all of us, find a way of putting it in such a way that we don't have to wait for this person saying, if you put it that way, before they stop doing something that's not so good for everybody, and just get right to it so we can leave out the if you put it that way. Well, if you put it that way. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Professor Schnitzel. I'm trying to imagine what that looks like. In real time. Real time, like R-E-E-L? No, (laughs) R-E-A-L. Speaking of time, I'm just finishing up this book on physics by uh, an Italian, forgive me, I don't know his name, but he's an Italian physicist. The title is Nothing is as it seems, including time. And he takes you, as other physicists might do, to where time actually does not exist. The argument for that is very timely. That's (laughs) for one thing I'll say. It comes at just the right time. And it's good because we have time enough to be able to come to the place where he says and argues persuasively that time doesn't exist. What does he mean by time, though? Time that doesn't exist. What does he mean by time? Well, it doesn't exist, so it has no meaning. What he's saying is we use this phenomena that we call time to measure the time or between a series of events. But when you get down, for example, at the sub-subatomic level, all the rules change. Everything changes at that, that level. There's no time. There's actually no space. We Does it mean there's no change? Change? I mean, because we oh, as yes, humans, no. Oh, no. I am aware of time in my body in the sense that it has changed so drastically from the time I was a fetus to now. No, no, there's change, but the notion that there's time involved, even though, according to Einstein, and this is separate from quantum theory, he talked about something called time-space. Incidentally, he resisted the whole quantum point of view for many, many years, insisted that it was wrong, even though other guys were coming up with finally conclusive proof. And he was heard to have said something like, oh, well... If you put it that way. Seriously. (laughs) He might not have said those things, but he did say he was wrong. And he changed his point of view. And that says a lot for one of the great geniuses of our times. One thing I always got from reading about Einstein, there was a humility to him. Because he was very childlike in terms of finding out things and discovering things and his curiosity. So it would make sense that if something came along that he could see as real, he would agree to it. See, one of the big differences between the two perspectives is uh, the general theory of relativity essentially says that it's all seamless, and so you could cut it in half infinitely, whereas quantum theory, things come in little quanta, little packets, and there is a finite number of these things. So you can't just keep dividing it. Can you wrap them? Little packets? <laughs> you can gift wrap them. If you put it that way, I understand. And they <laughs> recommend that you gift wrap them. <laughs> Otherwise, people will forget that there's no time and they'll be sitting looking at their watch, waiting for the package to get there, thinking that it's the time is going to bring it Since about. Since you put it that way, I'm sorry I brought it up. Okay. <laughs> there you have it. What it makes me think of is that we're ready for a miracle. What do you think? Huh? A timeless miracle. Yeah, here we go. Miracle. Are you ready? 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 Are you ready
That's the King of Sin medley, and it was from Leap of Faith. And later in that medley, they get into, are you ready for a miracle? Mm. I'm ready for a miracle. And what is a miracle? It's like the ultimate thing that transcends expectation, isn't it? It's something that shows up for no rhyme or reason. And... It's a, it's a well, it's it's sort of unexplainable in many ways. That's it. Like you can't figure out, well, how did that happen? It must be a miracle. <laughs> you know? And usually denotes that something good has happened. Yeah. Or, or something bad has happened to someone you don't like. <laughs> that's a miracle. So that's a miracle, too. <laughs> I don't know if that's a miracle, something bad happening to someone well, you don't like. Well, um, yeah, you know, like you read uh, historical fiction books, you know, like an like they're trying, it looks like they can't possibly make it, and then all of a sudden, you know, their enemy who's circling the fence, you know, like they get poured on, or or there's a deluge, and they have to move back, and it was like a miracle. Oh, that kind of miracle. You know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden, they're free to leave, and they're free to win the day and live longer. And, of course, there's the Hanukkah miracle. Supposedly, the lights stayed lit in the little light, fixture right for eight days until they could get it get the get the uh, new oil the new oil and that's if things haven't changed much have they they're still trying to get new oil <laughs> and burn up the oil and especially in the path of irma so we finally can, the the oil uh tanks arrived and people can fill up their cars they did. Well, that's good. So we'll, we'll have going around and about. Would you say that's a good thing, Rabbi? Uh, going around, going about. People are going about their business. They're going about their pleasure. Sometimes when I look at people and the way they're going about and going around and like they're busy, 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 and I think, what's people busy doing? Especially, Errol, if what you say, there's no time. How can you be busy? You have to have time to be busy. So if they're busy, they're operating in an area that doesn't exist. <laughs> this is, yeah, huh? If you put it that well, way, huh? That's an interesting way to put it. I mean, if you put it that way. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so if you're making room for something that's real, that's uh, substantial, that doesn't need time, that's just there it is, and you access it whenever you want, and it's always there, and it should make you feel good because it's uh, real substance. And you know what they're calling it in the physics? Uh, I read this stuff, too. They're calling it relational quantum. It's relational so that nothing actually comes into existence like an electron or an atom until it bumps into something else. So if you, you put, put it, it that, that way, way <laughs> what you've got is bumping and exchanging and then going off and bumping and exchanging again. And it goes on and on and on like that. And it's a, it's a miracle, really. It's all a miracle. The fact that any of it exists at all, huh? mm-hmm. then that's a miracle. Well, you put it that way, yeah. I find it interesting that when you said bumping and bumping and what was the other word, one? Bumping and pushing off and bumping. I don't right. know what I said. I remember then. looking through a microscope once and seeing all these little pieces of cells or whatever, just life, but infinitesimal life, doing exactly that, bumping into each other, merging with each other, coming away from each other. And I realized that if you looked at us from a great distance, 
we probably look exactly like that. We just bump it coming together. We bump into each other. We come apart. We create new things. We bump into each other. We come apart. We create new things. I think that maybe that's what it's all about. You know, it, it seems to be that way, and it's all about the exchange. The other day, I was writing, and I was thinking about well, what what is the God that we actually come before. Functionally speaking, it's in some way, a way science would look for God, something that's, that's non-negotiable, that's uh, not arbitrary. It, it's always happening. And one of the things that showed up for me was exchange itself. And then I was thinking about, in physics, you can have a theory, but till it's validated by equations. And, y- y- you know, it's not... Uh, authoritative. It's just an idea that may or may not be true. But once you put the equation, and what is an equation? It's C squared P dash something equals something else. So it's an exchange. And it's, it's that equal sign. And then we're t- what the universe is constantly trying to do is get these things so that the equal is really true, that it's non-negotiable, it is equal, and so everything is equal, and so it's the quality of everything that is the non-negotiable godness of who we actually are. It's interesting because you you jump to a quality when I thought you were talking about quantity, and then you said quality, and so you confused me a little bit. Quantity, quality. There's the two different points of view. But if you put it that way, the distinction I want to make is it's quality, like spiritual values have to be felt, whereas in the physical world, it, it, it's completely understood and often controlled to the degree that we can measurement and determine the results that we want. You can measure it. So if you put it that way, measurement is what makes reality. And... And and if it's non-measurable, it can be spiritual. Huh. Well, if you put it that way, I think I have to retract a good deal of what I said earlier. Well, that's okay. If you put it that way, I agree with you. Okay. <laughs> you know, there is a singer by the name of Matthew Perryman. Perryman? Perryman. And Jones. And he's got this great song called Waiting on the Light to Change. And I think this is directly related. Put your defense down Open up your heart and lay all of it out I know how hard it sounds But loneliness will have its way in feeding your doubts I'm Chasing up the lights 
you put it that way, Matthew Perriman Jones, and then I think about right now all the people who are waiting for the light to change. You know, I was thinking as I was listening to that song how many times I have had to wait, wait for the light to change or wait online or something. And recently I have discovered that those are very precious waiting times to all of a sudden you can't do anything but wait. And it's such an opportunity to drop into stillness, to drop into peace, and just to drop into the at and I've been practicing it on lines. And sometimes I'll get on a long line <laughs> just because I can practice it more <laughs> rather than a short line. But today in the grocery store, I got on line and this band rushed in front of me to get there first. And my first reaction was, how rude. And then my second reaction was, ah, I'll have a little more time to get into peace. <laughs> So if I put it that way, things that seem like terrible in one moment don't seem so terrible in another. Well, if you put it that way, it makes me think that impatience is like an impossible thing. Because if you're impatient, it implies that you want something to happen that's taking longer. There's that time again creeping mm-hmm. in to take place than if you were just being there in the moment. Right. So, oh, Barney, yeah, you want to say something about that? Well, yeah, because I spent a lot of my life in lines there. I remember for a while there I was in, in uh, food lines, there, and and, uh, and then I was in the lines there, too, in school there. They would put you in lines. And people spent a lot of their life in lines. And when you think about it, you know, you're part of a line. A lot of people don't realize that one. Say, who are you? You never hear somebody say, I'm part of a line. No, they have some distinct identity. But at any given moment, they could be lined up. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you're going with this. Well, body. wait a minute here Weird. because there's lined up and then there's lined down. It's the down line. And when you're in the down line, like in the, uh, in the sales things, like the Amway here, you're in the down line. It's not the up line. And the up line is for people who are uppy, more uppity. And the down line is for, well, kind of down. And so they're down. And so they want to get you from the down line to the up line. So they put in like a zip line that takes you from the down line to the up line. And it's the only zip line that they, they invented that goes up rather than down and they, they truly think this is an extraordinary thing and but i always was saying to them though but that's what happens when you have an upline things go up and it, it's a miracle <laughs> that's what you're talking about it's a miracle barney huh i can see that if you put it that way it's all absurd <laughs> I wouldn't say that it's absurd. I think it's well, just... Well, it feels absurd. It's just outside uplines, of... downlines, ziplines. Yeah, I'd say it's absurd. And if you put it that way, I totally agree with you. Well, if you put it that way about the absurdity, I want to say yay for the absurd. Me because, too. Yay for the absurdity. Yeah, because there's plenty to go around. You notice that? There's yes, no lack absurd. of absurdity. Everybody can have their own t- t- amount of it, their own flavor. They can be absurd in what they we look like. What does absurd mean? That's a very good question. I think it means it's just so caca that it's just it's so unexpectedly, like, distinctively ridiculous that it stands out and it pumps its chest and says, aren't I uh, absurd? And, and that's how it got its name. Okay. If you put it that way. Well, Barney, Barney I, I, <laughs> if you put, yes, by all means, I think that's, that to understand the absurdity, the, the absurdity is such a great place to get to, especially when you start filling up the absurdity with more and more of your life and events. And it gets funnier and funnier the more crowded it gets with the events that you recognize are absurd. I almost feel like I'd like to, I don't have my machine in front of me, or I would Google it, the word absurd, because it, it's so wonderful. I mean, I, I do believe we're all absurd from some vantage point. We seem absurd, don't we? I mean, if you're looking at us, let's say, upside down, 
I remember standing on my head once in a park doing a yoga exercise where I was upside down. And try it sometime, watching people walk when you're upside down. They really look absurd. (laughs) Seriously. And there's no way to explain this unless you do it. Go someplace where there are people walking around where you won't where you won't be too absurd standing on your head. And Or you can look between your your legs. You can bend over and look in them that way. That's even more absurd. It is absurd, especially uh, wildly unreasonable, illogical, inappropriate. Wildly unreasonable. Yeah, preposterous. I love it when something's preposterous. Wow. Ludicrous, farcical, laughable, wow. idiotic, silly, it's inane. Boy, idiotic. It's just loaded. When you so, unpack that word. I love it. You, you come to <laughs> all this. What was this the first one? Willing what? Unreasonable. Wildly unreasonable. Wildly unreasonable. So there you have this whole thing about reason and how much we depend upon something being reasonable. And that's one of the things the the uh, Enlightenment has given. All of a sudden, reason became uh, uh, the criteria by which we determine whether things are real or not real. Is is do they fit within reason? So, do you remember that thing you you had with your son about reason? Oh yes, it's a great anecdote. We were sitting around this very table in another location, and our son was 16 years old, and we were eating, and at one point he stops and he looks at me and he says, Dad, you know, you can't control me anymore. And I looked at him and I said, yep, if you put it that way, from now on we'll have to use reason. <laughs> It's a good line, don't you think? Well, it <laughs> depends. It that way, if he's a reasonable line. person, it's a good line. But if he's an absurd person, who knows what he's <laughs> going to do with that line? Well, he was—he was reasonably. He's reasonably absurd because he's a human being. I think humans are pretty absurd. <laughs> so this is inside out the naked truth. And I, I want to bring in another one of our guests. Father O'Malley, you said you could be here tonight. And I know you don't have much time. Oh, I always have time to be with you all here in this program. And you're talking about if, 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 if only that's the way, if you put it that way. And when you think about the opportunity to put things up in a certain way, oh, it's a gift of life. You can put it this way, you can put it that way, and you have so many choices. How do you want to put it? And so someone might say, well, I'd like to put it over there, and they can put it over there. And someone else might say, oh, no, Father, I'd like to put it away. And so they put it away. And so it's over there, <laughs> and there's a way. And, and there's a third group of people that like to put up with it. And, and or don't like to put up with it, and so for them the putting is 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 very different than putting it away, and 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 hiding the putting. And so what's happened is each time we have another perspective, of another way of putting it, we also are developing different places to put the new perspective, and that's where why we have put them away place and put up and and the put up and the with it, all of them in speaking of different ways to bring about. Putting, because putting is a, is a something that people do all the time, but they don't give it the credit it deserves. Mm. So I recommend that people be more conscious of how they're putting things and especially what they're putting up with. Now, there it is there. That's what's going to catch us. One thing to put away is something. What are you putting up with that if you knew better, you'd say something like, well, if you put it that way, I wouldn't put up with it. Oh, Father O'Malley, I do believe you've been spending time with Barney. No, there. <laughs> well, of course, we do see each other. We play canasta every other week. We get together and we talk about the show. We talk about you striders, if you want to know. And Oh, uh, my gosh. Oh, yes, we talk about the striders. And, and we have lots to say, don't we, boys? Of course, we love talking about the striders because the striders are such unique beings. I mean, here they are living in this little humble cabin here that you seem to do well with. You know, of course, Rochelle has her issues. But, Errol, you do very well. You're very patient. That's because you have another place to go. 
and and you have other other <laughs> people like myself to talk to, so you don't go mad inside your own head. Actually, because he talks to all those people, he does go mad inside his own head. No, I would not say he goes mad. I would say that the mad is constantly going after him. Oh, I like that. That's and quite true. So quite you, true. If you put it that way, you see. And who's this? Who's Who am I what? talking to? Well, who do you think you're talking to, my dear? This is Professor Umbridge. I know, but I was just talking to Father O'Malley. When did you get here? Uh, I was here all along. Sure, <laughs> it is the professor. He's here, and I saw him come in at the same time. He he was running to get out of the the harsh sun. Yes, I can't do do, do very well. Sun and where we live is quite foggy, and it's it's foggy here, and it's delightfully foggy. And and one thing I've noticed is it's delightfully and peculiarly foggy in in our my my mind. My mind actually is quite fogged up often. <laughs> Well, and, I understand and, that one. And I see through the mist words and meanings and concepts of trying to make their way through the fog and to drop into my awareness so that I can see some other options that perhaps I haven't considered or at least recognize the absurdity of, for example, saying things like, well, I know what that's all about. Oh, I'm sure of that. See, th- th- those are absurd statements there that deserve to be considered as such, preposterous, as if you knew. If you put it that way, I guess that's true. You know, sometimes I am sure. Let's say, did you just eat an apple? Yeah, pretty sure I did. I ate an apple. I, I think I could attest to that. I, I, there was an apple there. I remember putting it in my mouth. I remember chewing it. I remember swallowing it. I believe, I am sure, I ate an apple. But that's just from that one context, my dear. If you but broke there it. are many contexts that you can be sure about. I think what you can't be sure about is things that you just truly aren't sure about. <laughs> well, if you put it that way, I suppose that's true. The one thing you're not sure about, you, you are consistently would probably say, if someone asks you, are you sure, you would probably say, not sure, actually. I think I'm more sure of what happened than I can be sure of anything else. Like because right now I'm in this moment and I'm I can't be sure one way or another because I'm in it. And I certainly can't be sure of the future because I haven't gotten there yet. But I can be reasonably sure of what just happened because it happened to me. And I'm sure that it happened to me. Seriously. Yes, if I put it that way, don't you think so? Hmm. Sweaty palms I can't get anything wrong It's taking far too long Why does it seem that way? You are too straight to now You should Fine by now Your time is 
seriously, letting go is more than I can do. You need help to let go. You need another place to go to. And that was sung by Erin O'Donnell. Did you know her, uh, Father O'Malley? Oh, we knew some O'Donnells back there in, in the old country. But I don't know if we knew the Erin O'Donnells there. She was another generation about to come there. But she sure has a fine singing voice there, singing seriously about there. But you don't want to take yourself seriously now, do, do we there? That's a different kind of seriously. Oh, it's hard to take yourself seriously when you realize you're absurd. <laughs> if you put it that way, yeah, yeah. That's a good place to get to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is why we like to focus on that on this program sponsored by Go Raw. And Go Raw is natural food. And one of the things that we like to recommend is that you eat food. But you see, can do eat food. But there was a, I read an article, see, about these. Uh, Guys who live in this area, Silicon Valley, who've basically stopped eating. They don't eat or eat hardly anything for days and days at a time. And I've been thinking a lot about that because they talked about they have more energy, they have more vitality, uh, they're clearer, they work better. And it has occurred to me that actually eating and what I eat is slows me down quite a lot. And I was actually almost tempted to consider the non-eating dietary lifestyle, except I'm so compelled to eat. Yeah, but you physically work very, very hard. And so I think if you stopped eating, you'd turn into a skeleton much quicker. The quick skeleton. So if I put it that way, yeah. <laughs> maybe you'll continue to eat. Well, I, I'm not going to stop eating yet. But when you talk about skeletons... I mean, they're always going out to lunch. What do they do? They don't eat when they go out to lunch? I don't know. I didn't follow those particular <laughs> guys. Maybe those guys don't go out to lunch. I got it. And the guy says, you want to go have lunch? He says, no, thanks. No, thanks. But I'll have a drink. Back to the subject at hand. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you put it that way. So, I don't so if know. If you put it this way. You know, I think of arranging things. You know, the the sense of like... Things have an order. They look good. If I put it this way, nah, it looks a little too crowded. If I put it that way, it begins to have some sense of rhythm and and space and movement that appeals to me. So when I'm putting things in a way, I want that way to be appealing. Remember that poem that uh, I wrote, In in the Way? Mm -hmm. Do you remember how it goes? No. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find it while you continue to res- say things like, if you put it that way. Oh, he's going to be looking for something while I'm thinking. I have to think out loud, and i got to scratch my face yeah. while I'm doing that. Because, you know, if you scratch your, the side of your nose, it looks like you're thinking. So I'm it, I'm doing uh, a gesture this that is says not I'm good. thinking. This is not good. <laughs> I think the listener will agree that it's really not good. <laughs> If you put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, it's not good. But I will say this. The last couple of nights, as I hung around outside our front porch, a little skunk walked by Mm -hmm. uh, twice. Now, they are the cutest little things, and it's everything I can do to not just reach down and pet them. Mm-hmm. Because Cause it, if you put it that way, you might get yeah, yeah. badly smelly. It could be. It <laughs> could be. So let me see if I can remember it. In the way today again, like a weed crowding I'm out. in the way again. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm in, in the, the way, way again, again today. today like I'm a in the w- way again today, like a weed crowding out growth. Mine in the way. Most of the day. Today. But sometimes when I let it in. I I feel the strength of sur- softness of surrender's touch comes close. When I'm but out of it, the way. Yeah. Yeah. How to botch this poem up. We did a very good job. Yeah. And if you put it that way. <laughs> but once once again, if I'm in the way, see, there, there's that little contradiction and around instead of in front of uh, 
joined with rather than apart from. It seems like that's the whole dynamic that we're involved with here is this movement together and then working out all the strangeness and idiosyncrasies that each of us brings to the meeting. I think that I think we're so afraid to come into union because we feel we will lose ourselves. And in many ways we do. When we come into union, like a new self is born. It's not a self of me or you. It's a self of us. And it, it's like we give birth to something new. And, but we don't lose ourselves. We just now have a third self. And I find that seeing it that way in relationships is very freeing. The realization that I don't have to be Errol. Errol doesn't have to be me. But the two of us mm. together have created a relationship that really works. Sometimes works better than me, and sometimes works better than him. Well, it definitely works better than you <laughs> when you put it that way. <laughs> but who's counting? Well, the relationship has its own uh, identity. It's like the soul. It's a, it is uh, an expression of synthesis, and that's what I believe the soul is. It's a synthesis between the mortal and the spirit, the infinite, and that's most I think, uh, accessible in relationship, in human relationship, because you know there's something that transcends who we are individually that's greater than the sum of its parts. And that's the ever-expanding universal God, if you will, like the expanding universe is constantly transcending the sum of its parts. And so it gets bigger and bigger and well, bigger. Well, if you put it that way, I agree. You do? Yeah, if you put it that way. Are you going to put it that way? Are you going to keep it that way? I, I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I do know one thing, that in an absurd universe, which I believe we live in, an absurd universe, or maybe an absurd world, in an absurd world, coming into union with more absurdity changes things. I don't quite understand how it works, but it's the unification of... A, absurdity, and B, absurdity, that creates something that isn't absurd. So it's like a minus times a minus, they knock, they, they knock themselves out. I think so. I think that's the way it works. I have experienced that, you know, when because it's the very unification that creates something that's not absurd. Huh. I like that notion, knock yourself out. You know? like <laughs> Go for it. Knock like, yourself out. Yeah, if someone wants to do something, you can say, knock yourself out. <laughs> and the guy almost always says, well, if you put it that way. <laughs> and and he goes off and he knocks themselves out. But um, That's working so hard that you'll knock yourself out. Is that what it is? Or yeah. knock yourself out, have a good time. I mean, there's a talk about a switch of language. Uh, have yourself... Uh, you know what that brings up is the possibility of like everything and more that Michelle Wright sings about. Take a real good look at what I got. TV's on 
to my knees I drop Take a real good look at what I got Put it that way, Michelle Wright. <laughs> I got the faith in the dreams, and the faith is alive in the dreams. I just want to do a quick plug for faith. Faith is what you stick in that gap that often shows up when the universe is denying you what it is you feel you really need and want. And you just apply faith, and you put it in there. So someone say, well, what does that mean, apply faith? What that means is— I'll say it. Oh, go ahead. What does it mean, apply faith? Well, when you ask that way, the thing I <laughs> want to say, faith is an act of our will that dares to act on the assumption that the universe is friendly, that life is on our side, that where I put my next step, the ground will be there to meet me when I fall. And... It's a challenge to develop because there are a lot of times when the opposite seems true. But the more one practices this faith, it literally transforms your experience in such a way that as you will, based upon the assumption that the good is there, that you are one with the good, and life supports you in all possible ways, even... If the material universe is crumbling, there is still that aspect of self that continues to abide in this timeless universe. And that self and that aspect of reality is knowable. And faith is what it will take to get you to that awareness. But you've got to use the muscle. You've got to act on faith. It, it it assumes things, your definition, and it's possible that that's what it's all about. It assumes, you know, I think faith is an act of our will that has an assumption that the ground is there when I fall. Well, yeah, the ground will be there when I fall, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to get hurt. So faith is not saying, oh, the, the ground will be there when I fall, but I may get hurt. You know, so, I mean, I think faith... Faith has to do, for me, with something that I can't see. Exactly. You know, it's it's the unseeable. It's having the faith that that which I can't see is in some ways more real than that which I can't see. Like this timeless space reality that you you can't see at all. And yet, what they're... But just, they've proven that it exists. Yeah, but they can't see it. It's well, just small. you can't they see can, it, but there's still a sense, a way to say it exists. Well, I mean, that's closing... There the, are some things like God. Is that which we call God, the mystery, that which is the creator of everything. I mean, you know, like it all got created somehow. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have, we have faith that there is a greater power that created all that. But it, that can't be totally proven. You know, people are still going, well, if this happened, then this happened. And, and that's provable. But there was no uh, greater mind about it. There was no... Uh, greater power that had anything to do with it. You're right. When you put it that way, you can't prove it. But you can live it, and you can know it. And that's the difference between a viable spirituality based upon faith and a belief system that is based upon, you know, history, tradition, how you feel in that day, things like that. Faith gives me room, gives me room 
to allow you to be who you are because I tr- I trust mm. in the at one I mm. trust in the sense of unity and that that is faith that in that union in that peace in that joy I feel transformed and I have the faith that that will happen and because I have the faith that that will happen I practice it and it does happen uh, good evening now this is uh, Senator Beauregard I just wanted to say something to you Rochelle that uh, uh, you know, if you put it that way, I have to admit that I was going in another way. But by you putting it that way, I began to see that this faith that you're talking about is, what you say it was? It is faith in you or faith in, in the possibilities that exist with someone else? Was that something I think like it's, that? It's, faith to me is the, the, it's the realization that there is, that union can lead to love, let's say which it does. And when I have faith that that exists, I'm I'm always practicing it. You know what it makes me think of when you put it that way? And that's that faith is that you can always turn any set of circumstances into a new union. I like that. Uh, if you put it that way, I totally agree. You're, you're on board here. You all can vote for that here. And we've got this uh, voting cycle coming up around us here now, just to remind you as a senator that you can choose to exercise your right to vote, and I encourage you to get out to vote. But as I was, I'm often fond of saying, if people could spend as much time getting out the love as we do trying to get out the vote, well, then... We could uh, have uh, elected that which it is we truly want. And well, everybody votes for who they truly want. I didn't say who. I said what. Oh, I got you. You got you me? Put, yeah, if you put it that way, I got it. Uh, well, see, it makes a difference. Well, you're talking about who, and then you get personalities. But the what is the phenomenon that really people want to have, which is they want to basically just feel good. And well, I <laughs> totally have yeah, people do want to feel good, and we we do it so many different ways. Well, we have beliefs what something's going to make us feel good, and this is where we stumble over ourselves because that belief may be contingent or dependent upon something that may or may not happen. And what the faith does, it provides the opportunity to feel good that is not dependent on the vagaries of circumstances. Well. I also think that what we're talking about, I feel good when I'm centered and I'm in what I call a state of love. I'm in a state of joy. I don't need anything of material substance to make me feel that way. Now, there are other people who want to feel good. They will drink, get high, get, do whatever, you know, buy make something. love, buy something, whatever it is. And they will feel good, but it just doesn't last. You know, I've done some measurements, and the feel-good time, whether it's buying something or a bite to eat or winning something, the feel-good time is almost exactly the same length as the time of an orgasm. If you put it that way, you see, you'll see that (laughs) all these... Phenomena. Did you walk around with a, a time measure? I did. I timed, <laughs> and I noticed that myself and others, when they had a bite, it lasts just about as the, the good part as, as an organ. Maybe that's why people keep eating. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they the want it to last longer. Yeah, want it to last longer or happen more often. Right. And so, but that's about the time. So you check yourself out the next time you're having <laughs> uh, a really good, tasty experience and see if, in <laughs> fact, he has the power to um, embarrass me. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, if you put it that way, Rochelle. But I, I, I don't see that I have any of that power. But thank you for giving it to me. Well, I don't like to give it to you, but I, I should take it back. There are things you do that embarrass me. <laughs> well, embarrassment itself is when you're caught looking absurd and you don't want to appear absurd because you're caught looking in a way that you have judged is not a cool way to look or be or feel, and you got caught in it. Ooh, that's painful. <laughs> like, like the I time. Know, it's like it's like if if we're all absurd, right? And then we cover it over 
with uh, images of how it should be and whatever, you know, like clothes, putting on different clothes. Then we think we can escape absurdity. But when you take off all those images and you realize you're truly absurd, then it wouldn't be embarrassing because you have reached the truth about yourself. I love that. But just as a real quickie here, we got about a minute. It reminds me of the time in college, and I was a dancer, and I was doing this step that I had to jump up off the ground, and the choreographer saw that I wasn't doing it right. And, and so they were all standing around, mostly girls looking at me as she worked with me, and, and she asked me to try it. And as I jumped up all the ground, off the ground, I had this explosive fart. <laughs> and... Oh, a moment. The, the teacher said to me at that very moment, well, if you put it that way. No, she didn't. Well, that's okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So there are those moments where we want to crawl and hide uh, because of the embarrassments. But the more you can laugh at yourself, I'm going to go on record to saying this. The more you can laugh at yourself, the harder it is for your ego to get a hold of you. I totally, if you put it that way, I totally agree. Really? I know that's true. Well, that's why we are learning in our process that the one of the best ways to escape the clutches of this part of ourself we call the ego, which is trying to hold on to itself through all its defense mechanisms. Basically, uh, uh, the ego is a concoction of the defense mechanisms all rolled into one personality. What? If you put it that way. Yeah. I'm going to get defensive the way you said that. No, don't get defensive. We're coming to the end of the show. You get defensive, you'll have to, you'll have to stay on the air. <laughs> <laughs> if to, you put it that way. <laughs> if you put it that way. Well, we are coming to the end of our time together. And let's just kind of sum up a little bit where we've been. We've been at the subatomic level. We've, we've put things away. We didn't talk about putting things away. And I'll tell you why. I don't, I'm not good at it. He's going to go on. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not good at putting things away. And That's I, true. That is, I, this is not even, you know, if you put it that way, this is absolutely true. So that's an absolute. You it's see, an absolute. See how the absurdity and the absolute can kind of dovetail to each <laughs> other and become a whole new phenomenon that's moving. How did you go there? <laughs> well, it's moving out at speed. I got it. I got it. You got I got it? it. Yeah, if okay. you put it that way. All right. Well, we are going to close up. I want to invite you to reach out to us at eStrider at gmail.com. There's that dot .com again. Or go to our website, thelaughingheart.org, where you'll see videos of us at various stages of our life. There's a real cute one of you when you're like six months old reciting no. lines. No. <laughs> and there's uh, products we have, CDs and photos and all kinds of things. And we want to, th again, thank our sponsor, Mr. Go Raw himself, our friend Rob. And with that, I think it's time to sign off. So, Rochelle, what do we need to remember? Oh, we need to remember that resistance is what you add to pain to make it last longer and hurt more. Well, if you put it that way, 